Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis, and it is Friday, and I hope all of you are ready to roll into the weekend and have an incredible time. Uh, I am going to be heading out to watch a lot of soccer. This is the last weekend. My six-year-old's got soccer uh, this weekend. This is the last weekend that I will be home in Nashville Uh, without the college football tour going on until almost Christmas. So I'm about to be on the road a lot. If you haven't already heard, we're going to have a Madden Cruiser, a big bus with my picture on the side of it. We are starting in Knoxville. Uh, On Thursday night, we are throwing an outkick party for the kickoff of the SEC football season. Tennessee playing against Bowling Green. And then from Knoxville, we'll be going to Charlotte and then in Charlotte, we'll be I'll be live on Saturday morning on the Big Noon kickoff show with Matt Liner, Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, Rob Stone, and Bob Stoops. And I'll also be live on Fox and Friends. We're going to have a big tailgate in Charlotte for the Georgia-Clemson game. The next weekend, on September 11th, we will be in Arkansas uh, set up for the Texas against Arkansas game. And then on September the 18th, We will be in, which should be pretty awesome, uh, we will be in uh, Florida for the game between uh, the Florida Gators and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll be on the road every weekend all fall. It should be pretty phenomenal. I can't wait to be able to be there hanging out with all of you. Uh, That will be in uh, the near future starting next week. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, we've got a lot to dive into. Uh, And I want to start here uh, with a story that I'm encouraging all of you to to read. Um, It's a sad story. This is from the Wednesday Wall Street Journal. Yes, I am an old man. I still read the daily newspaper. And the headline is, Soccer Dream Drove Airport Tragedy. You can see that right on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And this is the story of 17-year-old Zaki Anwari. Uh, And I may be mispronouncing his name, Anwari. If I'm mispronouncing his name, I apologize. He's a 17-year-old soccer star from Afghanistan. Uh, When he heard that the Taliban were taking over in Kabul, this is a kid who was born after 9-11. He believed that he would never be able to play soccer again. And a lot of you have seen the footage of what happened but this 17-year-old kid was so convinced that the Taliban was going to keep him from being able to ever play soccer again and to have basic freedoms that he decided to try to hold on to an American jet that was taking off. A lot of you have seen it. 140-ton U.S. Air Force transport plane the C-117, C-17 Globemaster III, he held on to the side of it and tried to flee Afghanistan. We talk a lot. Unfortunately, in this country, there are a lot of people who revel in talking about how awful America is in denigrating our history in calling this country racist, unfair, in making the argument that America is an awful place. I just want you to think about as you see all of those people in Afghanistan Afghanistan, 
desperate like this 17-year-old kid Zaki Anwari to try to get to America to take for granted how many of us do all of the freedoms that we have that come with living in the best country in the history of the world. We are imperfect. But the 13 soldiers who died trying to protect all sorts of innocent civilians in Afghanistan all of the people who recognize and look at the history of the world know that America is the greatest source of freedom that has ever existed in the history of this world. And I just want to tell you that when you actually look at what sacrifices people are willing to make this kid was willing to give his life to try to have basic American freedoms. He held on to a side of an airplane in the hope that he was going to be able to hold on there in the landing gear all the way to wherever that plane went. He was so desperate for freedom that he was willing to risk his life and so many of us in America as we do every single day neglect to think those who defend our freedom and neglect to understand how fortunate we all are. So as you roll into the weekend I want you to think about that 17 year old who was so desperate for American style freedoms that he was willing to try and hold on to the side of an airplane that he was willing to try to fold himself up into a landing gear and hang on for dear life. He fell thousands of feet to his death rather than stay behind and be ruled by the Taliban. I just want you to think about what others are willing to sacrifice to have a moment of freedom that many of us take for granted every single day. And that's why I'm so disappointed in Joe Biden. I think you can make a case that outside of the people who were elected president and died in the first eight months of their tenure in office Joe Biden has had the worst eight-month presidency that we may have ever seen before. Massive failures at the border. The Afghanistan disaster multi-decade foreign policy collapse. Murder rates skyrocketing across the country. Inflation at the highest level that most of us can ever remember. Utter incompetence personified by Joe Biden looking down at a list to see who he was supposed to call on. Every single week Joe Biden looks older. Every single week he looks more mentally and physically incompetent in the office of president. I don't root for the president to ever do bad because I think it's important for America to have a strong leader and to send out the message of strength to the entire world. Right now Joe Biden is failing on an epic level. I think you can make the case this is the worst eight-month presidency so far that any American president has ever had and I think there's a strong case that it's going to get worse from here because Joe Biden is getting weaker unfortunately every single week. I don't know how he's going to make it over three more years as the president. Uh, You know early on there was the talk oh they're going to replace Joe Biden with Kamala but Kamala is actually less well-liked and arguably less competent than Joe Biden is right now. I don't think there's any way that the Democratic Party is going to try to drag Joe Biden weekend at Bernie's 2 style across the finish line but I think you're seeing now 
that Joe Biden doesn't have the stamina or the physical fitness or the mental acuity to be able to have actually run for president if they had allowed him to leave the basement of his Delaware home. COVID gave them an excuse to lock him up so that many Americans didn't actually see how frail and frankly not up to the job Joe Biden actually is. I don't know what the solution is. I hope Joe Biden is going to be able to make it three more years. I find it improbable that he's going to be able to run for president. I think by next year when the Democrats sweep in and take over the House and may well take over the Senate effectively Joe Biden's tenure as president will be over. Since I don't think that he'll be able to run for elected uh, re-election in 2024 effectively he's just going to be a figurehead And that's unfortunate because we need someone strong who can advance American interests and I don't think frankly that Joe Biden is going to be that person. Um, Crazy story here. Michael Byrd finally went public. He is the Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt on January 6th in Washington D.C. in the Capitol. He came out and he said he saved countless lives by shooting Ashley Babbitt. In what world is that remotely the case? Look, I think police have very difficult decisions to make. But I've always said that every police decision is not the right one. I just want to pull you back and I want you to think about this. If a white police officer had shot a black unarmed woman like we saw Michael Byrd shoot Ashley Babbitt during and that had happened during a Black Lives Matter protest what would the reaction be if a police officer came out and said that he had saved quote countless lives by the decision that he made. I don't think there's any argument whatsoever that Michael Byrd saved countless lives by shooting an unarmed woman in Ashley Babbitt and killing her as he did on January 6th. Remember this is the only death that occurred anywhere on January 6th. I don't know why Michael Byrd felt compelled to go public. Most people are pretending this story doesn't exist. It's being drowned out by Afghanistan and COVID madness. But I do think this is a very difficult situation to argue that in any way Michael Byrd is courageous or a hero for the actions that he undertook. And I just want you to think about how much different the reaction would be if a white police officer had shot a black woman who was unarmed during a BLM protest even if that woman had been advancing upon the police officers even if that woman had been behaving in a physically aggressive manner. I think you all know the reaction would be massively different. Much less serious news. Let's dive into some sports. Jameis Winston has got the Saints gig. Am I crazy that I find Jameis Winston now to be far easier to root for. I know all the ridiculousness in his background at Florida State. I think that he has clearly been proven to have behaved at an absolute minimum in an incredibly inappropriate manner with women in the past. And he may well be a rapist. Certainly we know all of the ridiculousness surrounding the crab legs and being caught stealing those. We know all about eating the W. But a part of me now is rooting for Jameis Winston to have some form of redemption in New Orleans 
because he's such a ridiculous figure and I want for the New Orleans Saints to ultimately get some redemption over getting screwed out of a trip to the Super Bowl by the Rams a couple of years ago a game that you'll remember Cousin Sal and I from Fox Bet Live ended up losing 60 grand on. So I am rooting for Jameis to actually not be awful. He now is the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I'm also kind of hoping that Jameis Winston I feel I feel like honestly Jameis Winston might be the most exciting player to watch in all of the NFL. And some of you are like what in the world are you talking about Clay? And what I mean by that is he's truly you have no idea what might happen from one moment to the next with Jameis Winston at quarterback. He can drop back throw a touchdown pass or he can drop back and throw an interception. Remember Jameis Winston first pass he ever threw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick six touchdown final pass he ever threw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick six touchdown. He's in the 30-30 club. Remember back in the day when hitting 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases was a big deal? No quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever thrown 30 touchdown passes and 30 interceptions. No one. So my goodness every time Jameis Winston drops back to play there is no telling what the actual result might be and I can't wait to watch and see what might happen there. I don't know how many of you saw this story got some attention. We talked earlier this week about the ridiculous alliance between the Pac-12 the Big uh, Pac-12, Big Ten and ACC which is basically a non-existent alliance. There's no real storyline there. Uh, but E. Gordon Gee who is the West Virginia school president said quote playoff expansion is on life support. Uh, and I think this is interesting. Gordon Gee used to be the president of Vanderbilt. I had a good uh, time. I wrote about him in my book Dixieland Delight which came out basically 15 years ago now. Uh, and, uh, and I thought he did a really good job Gordon Gee did as the president of Vanderbilt. But a lot of attention being given to him saying that playoff expansion is on life support I think this is an easy story to follow. What's really going on here is the Big 12's chances of ever making the college football playoff are on life support. If you've got four teams that make the college football playoff the Big 12 without Texas and without Oklahoma has a minimal chance of ever ever getting a team into the college football playoff. That's just the truth. There's not going to be a high level of competition right now. Yesterday I told you I thought the Big 12 would look at Central Florida Cincinnati Houston BYU maybe also Colorado State Memphis Boise State for the idea of expansion. Okay? So if they go to 12 or 14 teams what they are going to need desperately is the idea to sell that they are going to get a team into the college football playoff. What way can you posture politically to get a team into the college football playoff? Well, you can argue that an expansion beyond four is on quote life support. Here's the challenge with that. If the college football playoff doesn't expand beyond four then the Big 12 is never going to be in it probably. Remember the Big 12 is the only power conference that has yet to win a playoff game in the college football playoff. Oklahoma has been four times Oklahoma has lost in the first round four different times. And so West Virginia love West Virginia by the way Morgantown great college town West Virginia Baylor 
TCU, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa State, and whoever the eighth school, West Virginia, is that I'm forgetting there, that eight team has virtually zero chance of ever making the college football playoff. Kansas as well, my bad. Sorry, Jayhawk fans. Even if you expand and add Cincinnati, Central Florida, let's say BYU, and also let's toss into the equation uh, Houston, I still don't think the odds are very good in a four-team playoff of you ever getting in. I think what would likely happen is two from the SEC, one from the Big Ten, and then the Pac-12 or the ACC get its school in. I think the Big 12 getting in is highly unlikely. The best way for the Big 12 to be able to make the playoffs is to expand the playoff to 12 so I'm not buying into this idea that there is much of a chance of that ending up happening. So if you want to get in and you're one of those eight schools remaining in the Big 12 or one of those Big 12 expansion candidates you desperately need to expand beyond a shadow of a doubt. Finally, uh, I want to say best of luck to my former now uh, FS1 co-worker over the last three years Rachel Bonetta. Uh, we have done Fox Bet Live for three years Cousin Sal, Todd Furman, Rachel Bonetta, and myself. Every day we've done hundreds of shows together probably 700 shows something in that magnitude. A ton of shows over the last three years. I have loved working with Rachel Bonetta, even though to be fair my politics sometimes drove her insane. Um, She is incredibly talented. It has been an incredibly fun time working with that quad of, uh, of, of people on Fox Bet Live. I'm not sure what the future makeup of the show is going to look like. Got a crazy busy fall. I'm going on the bus tour. Going to be doing a lot of Fox, a lot of Fox News, a lot of FS1. Got the biggest radio show in the country. Everybody's got a lot of different moving parts. But I just want you guys to know I wish her well. She is going uh, working right now on her own television show. uh, A uh, sitcom-ish show that would air on TBS. She is incredibly talented. I know she's going to be really successful going forward. I know at times I drove her insane. Uh, but I wish her well. It's been a lot of fun to work alongside of her. She just tweeted uh, that she is going to be leaving Fox uh, which I knew uh, and which I didn't advocate for or want to happen but she just got so much going on in her life. I wish her well. I know sometimes there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of chirping and, uh, and everybody loves to talk but I have always loved working with the people that I'm on television with with everybody behind the scenes. Uh, I have a lot of great relationships with those people. May not always agree on everything political. Go figure in this 50-50 tumultuous nation that we live in right now. But guess what? I have a lot of friends that I disagree with on a day-to-day basis. Heck, I've been married 17 years and a lot of the time my wife has been voting differently than me uh, and I'm sure you have, I hope, friends who have different thoughts and opinions than you do. I am not someone who says I'll only hang out with Republicans I'll only hang out with Democrats Uh, I have lots of people who voted for Joe Biden in my family and I have lots of people who voted for Donald Trump in my family and guess what? I get along pretty much with both of them I think that's what should happen in the country I understand there's a lot of drama and tumult out there on the social media streets every day Uh, but behind the scenes 
We get along very well. I'm disappointed to see her go but I know she's going to be really successful and I'm excited frankly for all the things that we've got going forward with Fox Sports. I know she'll do well and I know everybody who is staying at Fox Sports is going to do fantastically well. Also, we have got a lot of big announcements of talent that we are going to be continuing to roll out in the next week or so. I hope to see a lot of you on the road on Thursday. Uh, It's going to be a great deal of fun in Knoxville. I hope to see a lot of you on the road in Charlotte for the Georgia and, uh, and the Clemson game. Best game of the opening weekend in college football. want to let you know right now if you go to fanduel.com slash clay you can get some incredible offers including a 40 to 1 offer next week on picking the winner of the Georgia Clemson game. You bet $5 you get back $200. That's going to be the offer next week. You can go ahead and sign up at fanduel.com slash clay that's fanduel.com slash clay I hope all of you have fantastic weekends I'm off to be a dad go watch soccer go watch some flag football final weekend at home for me before I get on the road for the fall love all of you best of luck to Rachel Bonetta been a lot of fun working with her over the last three years kisses from me to all of you out there DBAP unless you need to SBAP